Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Nine o'clock straight up on a Saturday morning. Joe Giglio hanging out with you right here. Sports Radio 94 WIP live from the Borgata this morning. As I uh, was with Howard Eskin, now in for him for the next hour as he and the Eagles head out to Seattle, a trip to go play the Seahawks. It's funny because last year at this time, well, it wasn't this exact week, but right, you know, right around this time of the year, I sat here. I filled in for Howard when he went out to Seattle last year. It's amazing how one year, what a difference we're looking at. You know, the Eagles last year go out to Seattle. They, they weren't quite done yet. They were still on the outskirts of a playoff race, and, you know, they were still kind of riding the wave of that 3-0 start where their record was still pretty decent at that point. Things hadn't completely fallen off the rails. The next couple weeks was the Green Bay game, then the Cincinnati game, and uh, we know they finished that season with a you know, kind of rut there between mid-November and, and the end of December. But a year between then and now, it's amazing the difference it makes. The Eagles were a frustrating team last year. They were a team you saw some good signs, but there wasn't enough talent. There was a rookie quarterback. There was a rookie coach. A year later, we're watching what is forming and looking like a great football team. They are 10-1. and one. They're blowing the doors off opponents. And they head out to Seattle tomorrow night as 5-6 where you see a point favorites, which nobody's that kind of favorite in Seattle. It's amazing a difference between then and now. 8 at 8, 729 We'll get back to the phone lines just a second here. Take all your calls. We'll talk to Mark Lawrence later on the hour. But the one thing I want to throw out there to start here this hour is just this team has so many different characters that I'm happy for, that I, I just feel good for, that they're doing well. Not just the team, but that the, some of these individuals. And I know we've made this more about the team this year, as it should be. You know, we've made it about a team, 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 not so much individuals on this particular Eagles team. But there are some individuals I'm happy for because they were beat up and they were maligned and we ripped them, myself included. I mean, everyone did. And I'll bring up Nelson Aguilar to start us off because I'm hoping he has a big game tomorrow night because this is kind of full circle. Last year in Seattle was the, I mean, you talk about rock bottom. That was rock bottom for Nelson Aguilar. He was so bad in that. He made that big drop when he was wide open. He actually beat Richard Sherman on that coverage, which nobody talks about. But he was open by about 10 yards, and he could have run forever, dropped the ball. And then, of course, there was the screen pass that went for about 55, 60 yards to Zach Ertz for a touchdown. Called back. Why? Nelson Aguilar was on the line of scrimmage, not supposed to be, not lined up correctly. And it was just a disaster. And I remember tweeting after that game, or maybe during the game, cut him. Just cut him now. Like, that's the way I felt. Like, he's got to go. He's never going to make it. He's a bust. You look up now, Nelson Aguilar, only three receivers in the whole NFL have more touchdowns than Nelson Aguilar. Last year, you couldn't even fathom that he could play, let alone be really productive. So I'm happy for Nelson. You know I'm happy for Doug Peterson. I've been a fan of his since last year. I just couldn't believe how much this town didn't believe in Doug based on very little evidence last year, based on a a mediocre roster based on a couple decisions in games that I think if you look around the NFL, coaches make similar decisions all the time. He was aggressive. We wanted to be more conservative. He was conservative, be more aggressive. It was like damned if he do, damned if he didn't. And then this year started, you get the whole ridiculous nonsense with, with Mike Lombardi, who's just like that. 
there are bad hot takes, but Mike Lombardi's hot take is the hottest of hot of bad hot takes you're going to find. And it looks so stupid now because the coach is 10-1. and one. So I'm happy for Doug going back to Seattle with a good record. I'm happy for Nelson Aguilar. And the last one I'll give you before we go back to the phone lines, and I want to hear yours, who you're happy for right now. Brandon Graham. And I think it's kind of come full circle with him because obviously they're playing the Seahawks. They're playing Earl Thomas. And for years it was like, wow, they could have had Earl Thomas. They could have had Earl Thomas. And look what he is. He's the best safety in the league, and he's great. I mean, he's probably the closest thing to Ed Reed since Ed Reed. And I loved watching Ed Reed play. So that's not, it's not a knock on Earl Thomas. He's a great player. But Brandon Graham's become borderline great. He's a very, very, very good player, an all-pro type of player at the end position. He's really good. And I think if you look in the last year and a half, when you factor in health, you might rather have Brandon Graham. You know, the beginning of the career of Earl Thomas obviously speaks for itself. He put together the Hall of Fame, a Hall of Fame start to his career first five years. But right now, that discrepancy between the player Brandon Graham as the player Earl Thomas, it's not, it's not the same. The same thing with J.C. Pierre-Paul. That whole draft, it was like they passed on JPP, they passed on Earl Thomas for Brandon Graham. You look up now, Brandon Graham is probably the most consistent player on one of the best defenses in the NFL. I don't hear those calls anymore. I don't hear those, oh, Brandon Graham calls anymore. So I'm happy for Graham. I'm happy for Aguilar. And, of course, I'm happy for Doug Peel. Let's go to the phone lines. 888-729-9494. Joe Giglio hanging out with you. Jeff and Camden with us. What's up, Jeff? Hey, what's going on, Joe? How you doing, buddy? I'm all right. Am I, am I, am I sounding too far away? A little bit. If you can come a little closer, I think it's, it, it's be better then. Okay, here we go. That's what's better. going on? How you doing, man? All right. So I think that the team that rivals, that might rival this team, but is the 2003 Eagles with, uh, with Terrell Owens. But here's the thing. You mean the 04 they, Eagles with Owens? Because he didn't come till 04. Yeah, 04. But here's the thing. They didn't have the conditioning, all of them. T.O. had the conditioning that these guys got. These guys got amazing conditioning. They don't run out of gas. It's like, you know, it's like they just run cross country or something like that before practice. It's amazing. They don't get tired. No, they don't, and they've been better as these games. I mean, the, the second half shows it to you, Jeff. When they come out of the half, when other teams may be slowing down a little bit, I think some of it is Doug Peterson adjustments, and some of it is they're just deep, and they rotate guys. And the third quarter, they're just blitzing teams. Like, the game's close, or the game's kind of, you know, in, up in the air, and then they come out of halftime, and the game just changes. Yeah, they actually run you down. They run you down like the way a boxer would. Like the way a boxer would see another fighter getting tired. And then just start running them down and hawking them down and doing what they want to them. That's what these Eagles do. They're like a, they're like a, it's a merciless fighter in there. That, you know, a mastered merciless fighter, you know. And uh, I, I, another team that might rival them might be one of those teams that have uh, Reggie White, Seth Joyner, Eric Allen and them guys because they, they just had a level of aggression and punishment that they could dish out that these kids right now wouldn't even be able to imagine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and they had some special, special players on that team. And they, they were different. The thing is, when you compare teams, and Jeff, I appreciate the call, and it's fun. It's fun to compare the best Eagles teams of all time. This Eagles team has a chance to be in that mix, if not become the greatest Eagles team of all time. The thing that's different about it and why it's so interesting is because this team isn't supposed to be here. You know, you compare it to the 4 team, there was pressure heading into that year. There was like that they have to finally get over the hump. They have T.O. now. How can they not get to a Super Bowl now? This team doesn't have that. I know when you get to 10-1 and one and you have, a, you, know, you have a special year, you don't want to waste it. If the Eagles don't get to the Super Bowl, there's going to be a lot of disappointment here, of course. But don't you get the feeling this is the first of many years they're going to contend with Doug and, and Wentz? This isn't, this isn't a one-year wonder. They're going to be back. Maybe not 10-1 and one every year, but they're going to keep winning. 
year in, year out. We talked the last hour. Joe Banner was on Howard's podcast and told him he thinks Carson Wentz is going to go to the Hall of Fame. Well, you don't have to be you – know, sometimes we, we get too complicated with football. If you have a Hall of Fame quarterback, you win every year. Look at the Packers. Look at the Patriots. Look at the Steelers. I mean, those teams every single year win 10, 11 games. Why? Because they have Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Now, there are some exceptions. For a while, the Saints just had so – the defenses were so bad, they wasted a lot of Drew Brees. But now they're back this year. For the most part, though, you, know, you have Drew Brees, you feel like you have a chance. I'm not saying Carson Wentz is that kind of guy yet, but Joe Banner went that far. He said he's a future Hall of Fame quarterback. He'd bet on that. So I, just, I think the difference is when you compare this Eagles team and why the feeling is different, 04 it was a pressure. It was like a, a yeah, they, fine, they better get there. It was almost like you didn't enjoy it as much because – you had to do it. They had to get there. there this was the, the run couldn't have lasted forever. You knew that. This doesn't feel that way. This is, I, I've sensed it in this town. It's like every week, everyone's just along for the ride, enjoying the ride every single week because it's the first year. It's out of nowhere. Last night a little bit, I compared it to the greatest show on turf, Rams. Not because this Eagles offense is quite as great as Kurt Warner and Marshall Falk and those guys, but that came out of nowhere. That 99 Rams team... No one thought that team was any good before the season started. Then they went and blew the doors off everybody the whole year and became one of the great teams of all time. Let's grab Rob in Overbrook Park. What's up, Rob? What's up? What's up, Joe? Hey, listen, uh, before I get to my point, keep that guy Levi off, man. I mean, keep him off. And you're from Overbrook Park. He's your guy. Well, he's not. He's the guy. It's like one of the callers said earlier. He says the same thing over and over. He calls 20 different shows 20 times a day. And, you know, it, it just gets – and his voice is not made for radio. Well, right, before, made. before you go on, i got, I got to defend Levi a little bit here. I like Levi. He's a good guy. He's a good caller. I, we're just having fun with him. But anyway, Rob, well, I, I'll take your vote into consideration. Um, but what's on your mind here? Oh, uh, the, the Eagles, uh, you're right. In 2004, it, it was so much tension because they had went so many years and failed, you know, with, by losing the championship game that people were just – like you said, they couldn't enjoy, we couldn't enjoy it because – we were waiting for the next shoe to drop. You know, like, one of these guys going to fail again. But this team doesn't have that, that baggage, you know, and, and that makes it really, really good, you know. As far as who, I'm, who I want to see, who I'm glad is doing well, it's, uh, I'm glad, uh, for me, it's Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson because those two guys were so maligned two years ago, by, and by myself included, you know, that, that nobody thought that this would ever happen, you know. And, and those two guys, uh, you know, uh, Doug, um, Howie came back from, from purgatory, wherever he was at, and, and all the criticism he was taking, you know, he put together a really good t- a, a team. He put together a good team. you got to give him credit for that. Oh, he did. Hired, You're right. And then they hired uh, Doug Peterson, who everybody was just uh, dumping on this guy, you know. But I'm going to tell you something. In my, eye, in my mind, you know, everybody thought he would be Andy 2.1. I think he's Andy 5.0 because – He's going to be a much better coach than Andy Reid could ever hope to be. And, and, Reed, and, and that's not taking anything away from Andy Reid, but Doug Peterson learned from his mistakes. Like last year he said he was trying to please everybody by being aggressive and then not being aggressive. And I think he, he went home and he said, you know what, I'm just going to be myself as a head coach. And he is, and, and, I, and I like that, Rob. I, I always want, whatever you are as a coach or a manager, I always think this in sports. And, Rob, it's a good point, and I appreciate your call. Be yourself. You can't pretend. You know, Gabe Kaepernick here with the Phillies, he's, he's different than most baseball guys. And I, I hope he just is himself, whatever that is. You know, I, I think the same thing with Brett Brown. I think he's been himself largely with the Sixers. That's worked out. The town has gravitated towards that, even though they lost a lot of games. With the Eagles and with Doug, 
I agree with that. I thought Doug's worst moment last year was that Cowboy game when they punted and they passed up the field goal, and he was, he was passive. He tried not to lose that game, and they lost that game. That's not who Doug Peterson is. Doug Peterson, and you've seen it with fourth and eight. You've seen it time and time again with his play calling. If there's one thing Doug Peterson wants to be, it is aggressive. So you know what? I say screw it. Be aggressive all the time. That's why I didn't have a problem with that fourth and eight in week three because I was like, that's who he is. That's his M.O. Let him be it. And the Howie point is a good point. There was actually a, when the, uh, I think it was before the Niner game or the, uh, the Bronco game here, NFL Network did a whole report. Uh, they came here to Philadelphia, and one of their reporters did this thing. It was really a cool video they tweeted out. It was like about the three biggest parts of this team and how they're all, they weren't supposed to be here. It was about Carson Wentz and how he was at North Dakota State, and no one thought he'd become what he became. About Doug Peterson, how two years ago he's Andy Reid's offensive coordinator and no one in the NFL is talking about him as a future head coach. And then Howie Roseman, who two years ago, like like our caller just said, was in purgatory. He's just not even, you wouldn't even think of him again as an executive, especially here. And now, if the season ended today, the Eagles might have the executive of the year, the head coach of the year, and the MVP. That's crazy. Two years ago, if I told you, the Eagles would have that. You'd say, well, who are they? And then I told you the names. You'd say, who's Carson Wentz? Well, Doug Peterson, the bad quarterback from 99? And you'd say, Howie, there's no way Jeff Lurie puts him back into power. And yet you sit here now, that's exactly what happened. That is exactly what happened because Jeff Lurie, I got to give Lurie some credit here. We got some credit for Roseman. I, I feel good for Doug. I feel good for Aguilar, for Brandon Graham. How about Jeff Lurie on this? Because Jeff Lurie got kind of beat up when – he hired Doug. Remember that whole thing about emotional intelligence? Everyone laughed at him and laughed at that hire because, like, what are you doing? You fired Chip Kelly, which, okay, people got tired of Chip Kelly. But then you hire Doug Peterson, who's Doug, and there were all those reports they wanted Ben McAdoo, they wanted Adam Gase, you know, all that stuff. Well, everyone looked at that search and said, hey, they kind of botched this thing, and they, there's no way they got a good coach out of it. Well, they did. They might have got the best coach out of whole class out of it, and he was right. They needed to reset. He wanted to take back his organization. He wanted it to feel like the Andy Reid era again. And it does a little bit. It does feel like 99. As far as what our caller just said about Doug being better than Andy, I'm a big Andy Reid guy. I'm just going to say this. If Doug Peterson is better than Andy Reid, if he is, and I, I'm not ready to say that yet, then he's going to be a Hall of Fame coach. Because Andy Reid, say what you want about him, he's a borderline Hall of Fame coach. If Doug Peterson is better than Andy Reid, I feel like we're doing like math in school. If this is this, then that is that. If Doug is better than Andy, then Doug is a Hall of Fame coach. And if they have a Hall of Fame quarterback and a Hall of Fame coach, we're going to have conversations like this for a very long time around here. That, I'm not even ready for that. But if that's the truth, the Eagles are going to win for a long time. 8 at 8, 729-9494, pound 9494 on your AT&T Verizon wireless cell phones. We'll look at the game. We'll take your phone calls. Eagles, Seahawks tomorrow. And who are you happy for? I'm happy for Nelson Aguilar going back to Seattle with success now. I'm, ha- I'm happy for Doug Peterson head coach of a 10-1 team. Happy for Brandon Graham, who was beat up, and now when they have those Earl Thomas comparisons, it's not that crazy anymore to say, that wasn't a bad pick. It wasn't a bad pick. Brandon Graham's a damn good player. We'll do that. We'll take your phone calls. Mark Lawrence coming up around 940 with the picks. Joe Giglio in for Howard Eskin. Sports Radio 94 WIP live from the Borgata. 920 on a Saturday morning. Joe Giglio in for Howard Eskin. Live from the Borgata in Atlantic City. On Sports Radio 94, WIP, Mark Lawrence coming up at around 940. We'll get the picks for this week. Glenn and Ray coming up at 10 o'clock. We've got a lot to talk about here, though, in the next 40 minutes or so. Eagles, Seahawks, this game out in Seattle. 
I think the Eagles are going to win this game. I felt this all week. They're the better team. I think Seattle's home field has been mitigated a little bit the last few weeks because they're not as good. Defensively, they're just not what they were. They're good up front, but, you know, I think tomorrow night's going to be interesting with Doug and, and with Carson Wentz and how they go about the game plan here, how they go about pass first run. I, I know, look, the Eagles have been very balanced. They've been a great rushing team the last 10 weeks or so. But there's got to be some temptation tomorrow night to, ru- to throw the ball because there's no Richard Sherman, there's no Cam Chancellor. Now, I'm sure they're going to want to remain balanced. They're not going to put Carson dropping back 50 times. No one wants to see that. But you look up at the matchups, you're like, they might be able to throw it tomorrow night. When you take Sherman and Chancellor away from that thing, that is not the same. And Earl Thomas is a little banged up too, so he's not 100% a picture of health either. I think the Eagles, especially Zach Ertz over the middle, there will be some plays tomorrow night for them to make. We'll see if they make them, and if they do – I think they're going to hand the Seahawks their third straight loss in Seattle for the first time since 2008. That's a long time ago. Mitch, East Winds, you're up next on WIP this morning. Joe, how you doing, buddy? I'm always doing well, Mitch. How you doing? Happy holiday. You too, buddy. What's on your mind? You and your family. Okay, uh, great. And I'm sure with the Rams, I think the best game that's coming up maybe for us the year is going to be the Rams, Rams and Eagles. And I'm sure I'm going to hear you or Roger Lodge out there, right? I love Roger Lodge. I, was, you, you know, I go on his show once in a while. Yeah, I'll definitely hop on next I, week. I've heard, I've heard you a few times. He's a good guy, Roger Lodge. Yeah, he does the uh, sports talk show out in, uh, out in Los Angeles. Yeah, I'll, I'll def- maybe I'll bring him on my show, too. We'll catch up with him. Oh, that'd be, that'd be awesome. Uh, the dating game, he was, he was on. He's done a little acting, a little small part. Anyway, uh, you know, I listen to his, his stuff sometimes, at times. Um, especially you know, I'm in row here, you know, it's a busy time of the year. But I'm just happy I, I, I can survive, you know. Just got to be happy you got your health and, and, and you wake up. No doubt. And that, that'll, be, that'll be a fun game. You're right next week. The Eagles and Rams will be fun. I, I just love the idea of the two young quarterbacks going head-to-head. Yeah, that brings you to my point. First of all, I'm, I'm most happy for Nelson Aguilar. Maybe, you know, I'm USC buys there. But he's finally, you know, living up to his, his uh, first-round pick there. So he doesn't have to go down as a bust. And, yeah, I think he's a keeper. Hopefully they re-sign him when his contract comes up. Uh, I, I think we can win this game. I think I think you've probably seen the Rams and the Eagles in the championship game. Because the Rams are pretty an awesome team, too. Built almost the same way. And my point, um, with these two quarterbacks, Goff and Wentz, it, it, sometimes you got to gamble. It's paying off. And I think with, with the, the team seeing these two quarterbacks, how they've taken their teams uh, uh, quite far in, in a quick amount of time, I think Sam Darnell is going to be a Brown, and somebody will trade up. Get the 49 pick to get Sam Rosen. I think those are going to be the two top picks in next year's draft. Yeah, I agree. Of course, I, I like them. Golf and Wentz. Yeah, well, that, and that's it. I mean, you, you've seen it now. And, Mitch, I always appreciate the call, and you take care. If you're a bad team, you've got to get a quarterback. I mean, this, we, we make this out to be so much more complicated than it has to be. Darnold looked good last night. I like Josh Rosen a lot from U, U at UCLA. We'll see how good they are in the pros. But, yeah, I think the success of Wentz and Goff certainly will point teams that direction. If you're the Giants, if you're the Browns, you know, there's a handful of teams. If you're the Jets, I know they have more wins, so they don't have to, you know, they have to jump up. But you've got to get a quarterback if you're going to have a chance to win. And so I'm looking forward to that game, too, next week. I don't think Mitch is crazy. That could be the title game. I could see the Rams playing in the title game against the Eagles. The Rams are I mean, they're undefeated on the road and only have one loss on the road. They have one loss on the road. They've been very good away from home. I could see them making a run to play the Eagles at some point in, in January if, if things work out with the Eagles having home field. But that game next week will be interesting because that's such a game of coaching. I think Doug's a tremendous coach so far right now with the Eagles. And McVay, it's amazing the job he's done because Goff last year looked as bad as you can get, and he's looked good this year. Now, I think Wentz is better. I think Wentz is better at the line of scrimmage. He's more mobile and talented. 
And I think Goff, a little bit of this is because that coach is, is kind of putting him in great spots. I'm not taking anything away from Goff. He's good. He can make some throws. But I think that's coaching. That will be a fun matchup next week. But the Eagles have a big one this week. There's, there's a, the NFC's got a lot of good young quarterbacks. We're going to be talking about these kind of matchups for a long time here, uh, particularly tomorrow night as we get the Eagles, Wilson and, and Wentz. And it's going to be a good one. Mark is in Wayne. What's up, Mark? How you doing, Mark? Oh, put Mark on hold to get himself together. Rodriguez. Over in Middletown's up next on WIP. Hey, Rodriguez. Yes, como estas, mi amigos? How we doing, buddy? Good, man. I met Howard a couple of times, my friend for many years. I consider him my friend even though we just met like a couple of times. We're really not friends, but I consider his knowledge and his understanding of the sport, and I have a lot of respect for the king. Um, yeah, you know what? I give Levi my vote. I give Levi my vote. So you're on Team I Levi? Team Levi? I, I am on Team Levi because Levi called me Mr. Rodriguez one time, and I respect that. So I give him my vote. I think he's knowledgeable on the sport, and he's calling for a long time. So I give him my respect. Uh, according to the game, um, this game is going to be better than a lot of people think. I, I'm with the Eagles 100% being an Eagles fan for over 35 years. But I give him my respect. Because uh, they have a uh, they have a good quarterback uh, right now. Um, they 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 they're not playing. I mean, the losses that they do have at home have been close losses, and they're a team that's unpredictable. They've been they've been to the Super Bowl. They have won the Super Bowl. I give them my respect, and I think the team the game is going to be better than a lot of people think it's going to be. It's going to be a closer game than a lot of people think it's going to be. But I got the Eagles coming ahead. I know that Dougie Pete has figured this thing out. Yeah, Rodriguez, I'm, I'm with you in terms of the game. I don't think they're going to blow them out tomorrow night. I don't, I don't no. think the Eagles are going to go out there and win this game by 20-something points like they've been blowing everybody no. out. But I do think they're better. I think Doug will figure out a way to score some points on that team. Exactly. And I think the Eagles' defensive line, Rodriguez, that's where, the, that's where they win this game because that Seahawks' offensive line, it's a little bit better since they made that trade a few weeks ago. But... They're going to win that matchup. The Eagles are just too good up front. I think they're just going to get in the backfield all game. It's going to be a little preview of the playoffs, and I like that. I, like, I love it. Yeah, me too. You know what? We need one of those games just because the last few weeks, they've been, the games haven't been competitive. Yeah. And Rodriguez, I appreciate the call. Good stuff there. But it hasn't been, you know, once in a while I think you do want a closer game. You do want something in the fourth quarter you can really dive into. And, look, if they, if they blow everybody out by 28 points, 23 points the rest of the season, nobody's going to complain. That's not a bad thing. But it would be fun if there was a close game, if they had to either come back or they had to hold off a Seahawks team that's desperate down the stretch. That would be fun. And I think tomorrow night has that kind of feel where Seattle, they're at home, they have that crowd, and they need this game. Like, I keep coming back to the, the desperation factor late in the season always factors in my mind where – the Eagles, you know, I know we've talked all week about home field advantage, clinching, all these big goals. Let's just be real about it for a second. The Eagles don't have to win the game tomorrow night. They, they don't have to. The Eagles are going to the playoffs no matter what. And they're probably going to get the number one seed even with a loss. It's not like they have to win out to get the number one seed. If you look at everyone else's schedule, who plays who, there are losses for other teams on their own schedules. You know, we keep looking at it as, as it as, well, the Vikings have two losses, so the Eagles can't lose another game. Well, the Vikings are probably going to lose a game or two. They have to play in Atlanta this week. They have to play in Carolina next week. I bet, I don't bet real money, but I would bet some good money if I, had, if I did, they're going to lose one of those two games. So they're going to have a third loss. So you kind of go through it, and you're like, all right, this team has three losses. That team has two. They're going to finish with three or four. And you kind of project in your head, 
what will it take to get the number one seed? I think if the Eagles go 14-2, and two, it's locked up. They're going to get the number one seed. So, you know, you can't make a case to me they have to win the game tomorrow night. The Seahawks, on the other hand, with the way their season has gone, they already have four losses. They've lost two in a row at home. They have a game in Jacksonville next week coming up. They have a game against the Rams coming up. Like, they can't just drop games anymore. They, they will be in jeopardy soon of just missing the playoffs altogether. So that, that's my biggest worry with the game tomorrow night. Not so much Seattle, the, the, you know, the home field. Not so much Russell Wilson, who's very, very good, and he's having a great year, and he's had a great start to his career. The worry I have for tomorrow night, more than anything else, is they need that game. And the Eagles, you know, I, I wonder, and we'll see with Doug and what he, how he motivates his team in December. I just wonder at some point, is it hard for a coach to continue to motivate a team when they, you can't dangle that carrot of we need to win? You know, you, you, is it a self-motivated team? Are they just going to do that? And, you know, I talked about this a lot this week. I think they might be a great team. I think we might be watching, uh, out of nowhere, the formation of a great football team. And, you know, the one thing about great teams is they find a way to get motivated every week, whether it's they make it up. You know, a lot of teams that are great, like, they make up motivation. Like, oh, everyone doubted us. No one's doubting the Eagles. They're six-point favorites on the road in Seattle, but... I bet you'll hear that tomorrow night. If they, cl- if they win and they clinch and you're watching the post game tomorrow night, I'm sure you'll have all the Eagles saying, no one believed in us. And you know what? Keep saying it because it works. Bri- uh, Brian is in Middletown. What's up, Brian? Hey, Joe. How you doing, my friend? Great work as usual. Thank you, buddy. What's going on? You got it. Hey, listen, no, this is a game you want to win, all right? This is a chance to clinch the NFC East. And, you know, when you compare this team to the old four team, that team won every single regular season game they wanted to win except the Pittsburgh game. Yep. Right? So, you know, they, they obviously, once T.O. got hurt and they clinched everything at the end of the season, they sat there and started. But, no, this is a game we need to win. We want to win. Go win it. Because we've already lost one of those games. We lost to Kansas City early in the season. So, I don't, I don't see any reason why this team can't finish 15-1 and one or 14-2. and two. I mean, Carolina went 15-1 and one two seasons ago. It's not like it. You know, I remember the Vikings with Randall Cunningham. They went 15-1. and one. Back, So it's not like, you know, it's, it's out of the ordinary. It's not possible. We are a good football team. We're going to be scheduled to, to beat every team that we're playing. Don't do our job. Don't do the damn job. Yeah, and if they play up to – Brian, if they play up to their potential the way they've shown us the last month, I don't think there's anyone in the NFL that I look at and say they're better than the Eagles. Now, the Patriots are really good. The Steelers would be a good game. I think the Rams are a challenge. The Saints are good. But there's nobody I look at and say, oh, that team is definitely better than the Eagles. That's because they've, they've become a really good team here. Absolutely. It's been a joy to watch. Um, let's continue to enjoy the journey. Oh, I am, Brian. Week after week, Brian, I appreciate the call. And when you look forward here, it's weird to say it because I think we didn't expect this. It came out of nowhere. But they have played like a great team. You look at the Eagles' numbers. Look at what they've done compared to other great teams. Every time a stat comes out, it's like, well, the Eagles are one of six teams ever to do this. And the other five won the Super Bowl or played in the Super Bowl. After a while, you start looking at it and say, what are we watching here? Like, what, what happened? Because they were 7-9 last year. Okay, teams can jump in one year. But even the beginning of the season, this is the part that amazes me. Beginning of the year, the Eagles were not dominant. They won that game week one in Washington by 13 points. But that was really a one-score game until the weird play where Cousins fumbled. Maybe he didn't fumble. And they ran it back for a touchdown. So it became a 13-point spread. Okay, they won that game. The Redskins aren't very good. Then they go to Kansas City, they lose. They're 1-1. One one. They come back here. And if it wasn't for two late drives by Wentz, 
if it wasn't for that great throw to Alshon on the sideline to get out of bounds before the field goal, and if it wasn't for two really long field goals by Jake Elliott, one, of course, 61 yards, they dropped to one and two and lost to the Giants. The Giants have become garbage. So we went from that on September, whatever that was, 20-something, to where we are now on December 2nd, where we're talking about a team maybe going 15-1, and one, maybe being one of the great teams that we've seen in a long time. And, look, I know they have to finish it, and they won't be considered a great all-time team or anything like that unless they win a Super Bowl. I understand that. But they are playing right now at a great level. And there are pitfalls tomorrow night. There's a tough home field to go to on the road, as a road team. There's a really good quarterback in Russell Wilson. There's a desperate team. But I'll say this. Great teams beat teams they're better than. That's it. That, that's why you're great. If you go 15-1 and one or 14-2, and two, you don't have slip-ups. You don't have games where you lose because the other team wanted it more or needed it more. So as of right now, I think we're watching a great team. Will they finish and be a great team we remember for a long time? We'll see. I mean, that, that story will write itself the next seven or eight weeks. But if they go beat the Seahawks, they go beat the Rams, I think you can start to really say we are watching a great football team because they just take every challenge, whether it's injuries, Peters and Hicks and Sproles, Maragos, the kickers. I mean, they lost a kicker for basically the whole game and blew a team out. Like, that was, like every challenge they have, they, they answer it. They've answered the bell every single time this year. This latest one's a big one in Seattle against a team that has not lost three straight road games in a long time, against Russell Wilson, against that crowd, against a desperate team. It's a challenge. We'll see if they're up for it. If they're like they have been over the last couple months, they're going to be up for it because they're up for every challenge. You take the game against Carolina and the refs. That game was like any other team in the NFL loses that game. The refs were so bad. Thursday night on the road. And he goes like, whatever, let's go win the game. And they go win the game. We'll see if they do it tomorrow night. We'll come back, some phone calls, and we will talk to Mark Lawrence of Playbook.com. Joins us next. Break down some of the spreads, the lines, college with the big weekend here. The title games in college football for the conference championships. And, of course, the NFL and the Eagles. We'll do that next on Sports Radio 94 WIP live from the Borgata. on a Saturday morning. You know what that noise is. You know what that music is. It is the NFL. It is the Eagles. The Seahawks. And a great football weekend really all together when you think about it. Today you get the conference championship games in college football. And tomorrow NFL Week 13 rolls along. Joe Gileo hanging out with you here live for the Borgata. In for Howard Eskin. We're going to go out now. We'll get back to the phone lines in a couple minutes with you guys. We got to talk first. To our guy, Mark Lawrence of Playbook.com. You hear him every week, this spot right here on Howard's show. And Mark's going to give us the best bets and the games he's looking at for week 13. Maybe a little college football as well. Mark, Joe Giglio in for Howard. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing just terrific, Joe. How are you doing? I'm doing great, and it's a fun weekend. You get the great college football, almost play-in type of games with these conference championship games. And then, of course, we get the NFL week 13. Mark, let's start with college. We'll, we'll work our way uh, kind of chronologically, and then we'll get to tomorrow. What are you looking at? What do you think? What do you like in college football today? We're looking at two games in college football, Joe, uh, that uh, both uh, these dogs that are, have better defenses that are playing their best football of the season right now. Uh, the first is UMass against Florida International. The game is pick, and they're starting to bet UMass in the game. But nonetheless, they are playing really, really well right now, UMass is. They won four 
of their last five football games. In fact, they beat the spread four straight times. They own the better offense. They own the better defense than does Florida International. And you're talking about a Florida International team that when they're not getting points, more than two points, they're 0-5 to the spread. So I like UMass plus or plus the points or pick them. Anything in a win situation against Florida International for the first play. First play, UMass. How about that second one in college football, Mark? Second one, we're going to go to a conference championship game here today, and we're going to play against North Texas, against Florida International, or Florida Atlantic, I should say, down here in my backyard. Florida Atlantic pummeled North Texas earlier this year, 69-31 to when they played earlier. Now you got North Texas coming in here playing their best ball of the season. They've won five straight games in a row. And what's really neat about this game is these two teams each have identical records. And in these conference championship games, when you pair two teams with identical records, the underdog is 9-1 and one against the spread. That's North Texas against Florida Atlantic today. We'll play them, the Mean Green, in this football game. That is quite a stat with the other dogs and dominating those games. we got a couple college football games. Mark, as you look forward to Week 13, the remainder of Week 13 after the Cowboys and Redskins on, on Thursday night. What do you like here in the NFL? There's some big games, and now obviously there's, there's meaning behind a lot of these games in terms of playoffs and seeding and all that kind of stuff. What are you looking at here in the NFL? I'm going to look at two playoff potential dogs this weekend uh, that are playing terrific football with better defenses. Number one is Minnesota. Uh, they're catching points from Atlanta, who comes in here at Atlanta. Now, Minnesota has this big, healthy lead in their division. Atlanta needs the game. But if you look at Atlanta's schedule going out, they've got four straight division games in a row to end the season. So they can take care of their own destiny against other fellow division teams. Minnesota, the better offense, the better defense. And here's a great stat for you as well. Under head coach Mike Zimmer, Minnesota in games outside the division is 30-8 and eight against the spread. They just dominate non-division teams. I like the Vikings as a dog for my first play. Yeah, I like Zimmer. Zimmer's a really good coach. I think he's kind of underrated. They do a good job there. They're right now the number two seed in the NFC behind the Eagles. Mark, how about your second NFL game? Second game, we're going to use the Carolina Panthers against New Orleans. The Saints just had that big seven-game win streak snapped, and you oftentimes find teams with big win streaks. When they lose, then they kind of tend to sulk and stay down again the next week. You've got the number two defense in the National Football League in the Carolina Panthers who are playing with humiliating revenge. They got beat 34-13 to the Saints at home earlier this year. And this is the time of the year that Cam Newton jacks it up. He's 19-5 and in his career in the month of December. I like the revenge. I like the defense. I like Newton in this time of the year. We'll play Carolina plus the points against New Orleans. That will be a fun game. Mark, I have to ask you about the Eagles. It's rare that you see a Seattle team for a long time now this big of home dogs. They are five or six, depending on the number where you see it. But for you, Mark, when you look at this game, Eagles-Seahawks, I think Seattle is not close to what they were. They're banged up, especially in the secondary. They still have Russell Wilson. They're still at home. It's a game some Eagles fans are worried about, even though I think they take the better team out west. How do you see this? Eagles, Seahawks, Sunday Night Football. Well, I think the Eagles fans need to be concerned about this football game. Uh, you've got a team in Seattle that's laying in the weeds here right now. They need this game. Philadelphia does not. And I'm saying from a desperate straight standpoint, uh, you're talking about a Seattle football team that before the season began, Joe, they put lines out on every NFL football game in Las Vegas. Seattle was the seven-point favorite in this game. Now they're the six-point home underdog. That's a 13-point swing in the line 
from the beginning of the season until this week, and all Seattle's done since then is gone 7-4. and four. They're just on the outside looking in in the NFL playoff picture right now as, as we speak. And one other thought or concern here is if you look at what the Eagles' uh, work has been this year, they've only beat one team this year that has a winning record as we're speaking. So they're going to be tested to the max in this football game. And I'll throw this other stat out. A good friend of mine gave it to me from Philadelphia that uh, in the history of the National Football League, only one quarterback, one quarterback has ever won and covered eight straight football games in a row. In fact, no quarterback. Let me take that back. The last one that tried to was Bill Belichick and Tom Brady together. They were 7-0 and straight up and against the spread. They went into Indianapolis. They laid points. They did not get the money. That's what Carson Wentz will look to do to become the first quarterback in NFL history to win and cover eight straight games. I don't think it's going to happen on Sunday night. Sorry about that. Wow. That's if he does it, we'll just chalk that up with the, all these crazy other Carson Wentz stats. Mark Lawrence, playbook.com. Mark, really appreciate it. We'll do it again next week. Hey, Joe, enjoy the games. Be good. Thank you much. There he goes. Mark Lawrence, playbook.com. How about that? Carson Wentz trying to win and cover and do what he does again in Seattle. Don't think it's going to be easy, but I do think the Eagles are the better team, and they go out there, and I think they're going to win this game. Mike is in Newcastle. He joins us next on WIP. What's going on, Mike? Hey, man. How are you doing? Doing well, bud. What's up? That, that man just explained everything I was going to say. I'm, I don't know if I heard you when I first turned on radio that you said that the Eagles are uh, – one of the best teams to ever play in the game. No, I said we're watching. A gr- I said we're watching a great team here. Okay, I, I, I heard you say they were one of the best teams to ever play the game. So I was really correct you on that. I said, where is that? I mean, but, but he just, that man just explained what I said. You know, Muhammad Ali, for example, would not have been the greatest boxer if he hadn't fought the Sphinx, the the, the, the quarries, the the, the form and the phrases. No, that stuff like that. And the, 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 you, you know, your guest just now just explained everything I wanted to hear about the Eagles, that they haven't really played anybody yet to actually test them to see what type of team they really are. You know, I mean, uh, I mean, teams they play, most, most teams are either like, like Zeke is gone uh, or, or Washington is not as good or, uh, or the Giants. It would, be, it would be a great test to the Eagles if, if those teams, and you can't have it every, every year like that. I mean, the Cowboys did the same thing last last year. They played teams like that too, and so I'm not. I'm not even doing with the Cowboys fan. I, I understand. I, I have to say that. But hopefully, the Eagles will get tested so they can get get themselves together and, and and know what they need to do before they hit that that playoff run. Because you know, you might get a snag somewhere if you ain't tested and you don't know what's wrong with the team. You know, and and and, and all you're doing is blowing people out. By, by 30 points and all that stuff like that. And yet, you know, when you come against a team like the Minnesota Vikings or, or, the, or, the, or, the, or the Rams and things like that, and you play them in the playoffs, which are a lot better teams than the Cowboys or, 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 the, or the Redskins and things like that, that run might come to an end sooner than, than, than Philadelphia fans want it to be. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think they do need a test. I think these next two weeks, Mike, are going to be a test. My point is, and I appreciate the call, the Eagles are playing like a great team right now. I don't think we have to wait to say that. They're dominating teams like great teams dominate teams. Every stat you look at the last few weeks, it's like, well, the Eagles are one of five teams ever to do this or that, and it's like you look at the other teams that did it, whether it's rushing discrepancy in terms of rushing yards, whether it's points scored compared to points allowed, it all points to we're watching something very special. Now, if they continue to do it the next three or four or five weeks, then that will be for real. 
They have to do that, and it will be harder because it's the Seahawks, it's the Rams. But it's, it's funny. This is a good problem to have. Oh, we're blowing everybody out. What are we going to Well, keep blowing everybody out. Like, they're not going to complain about that. I do think it would help if they have at least a close game or two before they head into the playoffs because it's going to arrive at some point, whether it's now, whether it's tomorrow, whether it's next Sunday, whether it is the divisional round, whether it's the NFC title game. There's going to be a game where it's a nail-biter in the fourth quarter, and we'll see how they – We'll see how they get through it. You'd like to have a frame of reference to see if they can, but I do think that you look at it and you say, this is a good problem to have. Let's grab one more. Bill is in Fishtown on WIP. What's up, Bill? Hey, what's going on, John? How you been, buddy? I'm doing well, man. What's on your mind? Yeah, one thing I want to say is this Seattle team, like like, like you were saying, they need this game, but I, I just can't say it. I mean, this game, I, I think it's going to be not a blowout, but it's going to be easy rollover. As long as they come out in that first half and, and they have things together, I just can't see Seattle really being in this game defensively at all with all the injuries they have and all the new guys they have in there that they're going to have to try and figure out this Carson Wentz offense. And I think he's going to pick them apart. I really do. If they give him time, I think you're right, Bill. Bill, I think tomorrow night is the, the biggest game so far for Vitae because they still have Michael Bennett. They still have a really good defensive line. If, if, the, if the Eagles can protect Carson, I think you're right. I think he's going to pick them apart. They're going to score points, and maybe they do win this game by double digits. Tomorrow night's the first night I think we really find out about Vitae. If he does a good job, it's going to feel like, man, they can't be stopped. Right. I mean, I'm not trying to say like a homer or nothing, but if Vitae can hold, if he can hold steady, I think I, I, don't, see, I don't really see a problem with, with Seattle right now. Yeah, um, well, they're not I'm the not, same team for certain. No, and I, I'll be honest with you. The only team I'm really a little shaky about is New Orleans because, you know, with the, you know they had the uh, – they have the pedigree and all that, and they have the, uh, the experience. But I'm not really, you know, I'm not worried about the Rams either. I mean, I, I think the Rams are going to have to, you know, they got to show us that they're somebody. Yeah, and they have to I prove it. the other way around. Yeah, that was, and they had a nice win last week. And, Bill, I appreciate the call. They did beat New Orleans last week. They, they proved to me there they could play. They're a good team. They're well coached. I think they're going to be in this thing for a while. New Orleans is that team, though, it feels like everyone is pointing to. And it makes sense. They have Drew Brees. Their defense is so much better than it was the last couple of years. They can run the ball with two running backs. But, hey, Eagles have some challenges here. It starts tomorrow night. It starts in Seattle. If they get one of these two games the next two weeks, they're flying. You know, they're going to be in great shape. If they get both, well, they might have everything clinched up really, really, really early, which is something I don't think any of us thought. I think Eagles are going to win this game. I'll go 31-21 tomorrow night. I think they're going to go out there and do what they do, which is score a lot of points, move the football, control the game. I think Seattle's in this game in the fourth quarter, and the Eagles put it away late. Maybe it's 24-21 and they dial up a long drive, and they put, a, put it in the end zone and, and go win the game. I think 31-21 Eagles. Everyone have a great weekend. Coming up next, you'll have Glenn Macnell, Ray Dininger live from Delaware Park, as you always hear them on Saturdays here. We had a great time at the Borgata. I'll be with you here again next week. You guys have a great weekend. I'll talk to you on Tuesday. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the weekend on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.